I'm Zach Cohen. And I'm Miguel Munoz, and welcome to the Top 3 Podcast. Today's NFL episode is a special episode, as it's a two-part episode, with each episode having two of the segments. This is episode one. Welcome to the Top 3 Podcast. I'm Miguel, here with Zach. Today we're going to be talking about the NFL. Our four segments today will be top QBs for next season, best teams of all time, underrated and overrated teams for the 2020, and 2020 NFL season and playoff predictions. Yes, that's right. We're starting off with best QBs for the 2020 season, and today's a little bit of a special episode. We have a different guest for each segment. Starting it off, our guest for the best QBs is my longtime friend, Connor Dong. Connor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Connor, and... I've gone to Hunter for 10 years now, and I'm happy to be a guest here on the Top 3 Podcast. Uh, football is something I really enjoy watching, even though I've been a Jets fan for a very long time. That hasn't been the best thing ever. I mean, we all, su- we all support teams who aren't doing the best right now. I'm a Giants fan. Miguel yeah, is a I'm Dolph- a Dolphins fan. It's tough. I mean, at least you guys, you guys seem to have more of a future than we do. But Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, I you think guys, you guys have a lot of young players, Saquon, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, Miguel, you guys just drafted Tua, who's a quarterback. And speaking of quarterbacks, Miguel, who are your top three quarterbacks Let's for the get 2020 NFL season? 2020. Yeah, so at number three, I've got Drew Brees, which I don't think most people would agree with, but that's who I have. So his 2019 stats, which keep in mind, this is in 11 games. He had... Uh, 2,979 yards, which is 26th, but still 11 games. 27 touchdowns, which is fifth in the league. Four interceptions and a 73.3 QBR. Um, and these are stats. 2019, he was 40 years old. He's not 41. So, I mean, what's more, one more year for him? Still old, but I think he can really – he'll still be able to push through. I think that only makes him more motivated to go out and win a chip um, and he's back healthy from his thumb injury, which kept him out for those six games. Um, and I think his production will be even ha- higher because of it. And he still has a great team around him, has Michael Thomas at, at wide receiver, Alvin Kamara. And as I said, I think he just, he's going to be going for that Super Bowl. Um, second, I got Russell Wilson. His 2019 stats are 4,110 yards, which is sixth in the league. 31 touchdowns, which is third in the league, five interceptions, which is tied third for the least amount, and a 71.5 QBR, which is fifth in the league. Uh, he's proven to be a great quarterback, even with his setbacks, including like not a really good offense to help him and a good team overall in recent years. And he's pretty short for a QB at 5'11", but he's still proven to be a really good QB, proves people run season after season, and I think they're going to be on the rise this year. He's having, he's got an improved offense. Chris Carson should be better this year at running back. And he's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf at wide receiver. So I think he can really improve his stats. And I think the Seahawks could be a playoff contender, which I'll mention later in this podcast. Um, first, I think everybody should have this. I've got Pat Mahomes, 2019 stats, 4,031 yards, 10th in the league. 26 touchdowns, tied eighth in the league, five interceptions, same with Drew Brees, tied third least. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, same with Drew Brees. And uh, 77.7 QBR, which is second in the league. 
he has an amazing offense around him once again. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and this year Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I don't think he's going to be that great, but he seems to have a lot of hype around him. And he's still so young, only better things to come for him. And I think this year he'll just play amazing again. So those are my top three. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm pretty sure we all have Mahomes as the number one quarterback. He is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL and the best quarterback I've seen in a while. There's no player who has anywhere near his arm strengths and his athleticism blended together. He has a coach in Andy Reid who is – great at bringing out his talents. He also has really good targets in Tyreek Hill and Ty- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And also I th- he's getting a rookie running back who I think will have a great season in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know, Miguel, you don't love him, but he was so good for LSU last year. And I think there's no reason he can't be as good for the Chiefs and Andy Reid. So my third pick is anybody who knows me knows my favorite NFL player is Deshaun Watson. I'm getting that bias out of the way. I love him. I loved him at Clemson, and I love him on the Texans. I think that he's the epitome of toughness. There was that play last season when he got kicked in the eye mid-play, couldn't see, still threw for a touchdown. That is an insane play, and that just shows you what he can do. He is a dynamic runner, great thrower. Yes, he lost his best target in DeAndre Hopkins, so I think he will have a setback. However, he got David Johnson, who's going to bring a new dynamic to his game that his offense has never seen before. He had 3,800 yards and a 26 touchdowns last season passing, which is good, but not great. However, he has Bill O'Brien coaching him, who I think he's an atrocious coach. I think get him a good coach. Get If he, Andy, if he had Andy Reid coaching him, he's thrown for 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns a season. In second place, I have the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. He is, quite frankly, either the best or the second best run, rushing quarterback I've ever seen or in NFL history. It's either him or Mike Vick. And he doesn't like to have dogs fight each other. So that's a plus for him. Last season, he won the MVP with, with 3,100 passing yards, which doesn't sound great. Factor in the fact that he had 1,200 running yards. An obscene statistic, a very good statistic for a running back, let alone a quarterback. That just shows you how impossible he is to stop because you play deep coverage, he'll run through you. If you press him, he can throw around you because he had 36 touchdowns last season and he had an 113 passer rating, which is just an insane number. And number one, I already went over this. I got Patty Mahomes. What more can you say? Reigning Super Bowl MVP, won the MVP two years ago. He's just, he's just a beast. There's no other way of putting it. So, Connor, who do you got? So, my third QB is a little bit different than yours. Uh, I said Dak Prescott. And even though he's on America's third team, but happens to be hated a lot because he plays for the Cowboys, I think that he's going to have a great season this year. Not only has he been really consistent the last couple of years, he has really good weapons around him. I mean, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the league. He has Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and E.D. Lamb, who has great speed. And then they also got a new coach, Mike McCarthy, who might uh, change it up. So. I think Prescott can have a really good season. Uh, my second, uh, first and second are the same as you guys, Lamar and uh, Mahomes. Lamar has the uh, reigning MVP, certainly has incredible athleticism and shows that he can play whether there's one hater or a thousand haters. 
uh, his running ability combined with his passing ability is so hard to stop, and defenses are going to have nightmares trying to stop that. And then obviously the number one QB, Patrick Mahomes, just signed a half-billion-dollar deal. He's locked in to be one of the best players in the NFL for the next decade or so. And I think you can't argue against him being the best player, possibly the best player in the NFL with his talent. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I thought Mahomes and Lamar are the obvious top two. Kind of surprised, Miguel, you didn't have them in your top three. However, my one worry was Lamar is I don't love his receiving core. And as a wider, as a quarterback, you need to have good receivers. Yeah, that's not- true, yeah. Because it really, he has Hollywood Brown. Not and a lot Mark of support. Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews, who's very talented. And but, he does have the speed component that Patrick Mahomes has, like Hollywood Brown and Tyreek Hill. But, and they both have, like, the tight ends. But I feel like his running back crew is always going to be a little bit shaky, even with J.K. Dobbins. But I still think Mahomes is on another level. That's where I disagree. I think that you, lo- you saw how Lamar and the Ravens loved to run option last year. And they only had they had one good running back. This year they have two great running backs in Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. The amount of triple option they'll be able to run is going to be very exciting to watch and is a very fun to watch. Harbo is one of the best coaches at the NFL. He'll be, he knows what he's doing. He's he's led them to Super Bowls before, and I think that the Ravens, if everything holds still, can easily make a Super Bowl run because they have. A, I think that the thing between them and the Chiefs is they have a much stronger defense. Yeah. About Dak? Yeah, I think I agree with that. But also, I think the Chiefs just have so many more options. Like, Clyde Edwards, like, he can go off this season. I think he has the potential to be a top five running back. And the Chiefs just know how to run offense. And even if their defense may not be as good, they can score 80 points a game if they wanted to. Because they they have the strongest arm in the game. They won the Super Bowl last year for a reason. Yeah, but Super Bowl Um, winning teams often take setbacks. It's the Super Bowl hangover. Yes, I know. That's a good point. Um, but to you, Zach, to your point of saying that you don't understand why I don't have uh, Lamar Jackson in my top three, yes, he is a good player, but the main reason I don't is because not even because of like his receiving core. I just think um, he's a little too reliant on the run, and um, teams last year – he was kind of like a new player. Teams hadn't really figured him out yet. He came a little bit out of nowhere, um, took over the QB job for the Ravens. But now teams are studying his tape over and over. He's going to – eventually there is going to be a team or multiple teams, as long as they have a good defense. If they can stop him from running uh, and they have a good pass defense, which I know not every team does, he's not going to be uh, a threat. He's not going to be a top three no less top 10 QB in the league if, if he can be stopped. I just don't think he has that factor where he can um, – yet, I don't think he has the factor where he can um, improvise and change his game plan if things aren't working out. My one thing I have to say about Lamar being able to be stopped is I feel like, yes, Mahomes, you trust more to make a game-changing play than Lamar. However, Lamar – Last season was Lamar's second season. He started the end of 2018. And so teams had a full offseason, a normal offseason, where they could get in person to stop him, and they couldn't stop Lamar. And now this is a very weird offseason. It's because of corona. 
defensive defenses haven't been able to get together to game plan against him. So I don't see there being another reason Lamar steps back. I think, yes, he'll take a step back because it's going to be very hard for him to stay at that pace. However, I still see him being a top three quarterback in the NFL. Also, about the Cowboys, I hate the Cowboys. I'm going to get that out of the way. However, they, Dak has such good receiving options this year. He already had a good receiving core in Gallup and Cooper, and they just drafted C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma, who I thought was one of the best or the second best receiver in the draft. And they got him at an absolute steal at 19. And I'm quite I'm excited to see what Mike McCarthy d- dials up with that offense. I agree what uh, Miguel said about Lamar, how people can study his defenses. One thing, uh, one, one, another thing is that even though Lamar is very athletic, he's also, like, in my opinion, pretty frail, and he runs a lot. So if he gets – if there's just one, like, dirty play or one play where it just doesn't go his way and he can be injured, and that's – I think that's definitely a problem. Yeah, exactly. That That's another big thing. And I'm not saying – I think he's a top three QB for the future, but for this year, he's still, like, a young guy – I don't think he's figured the NFL out yet. And you can't forget about the Madden cover athlete curse. I talked to a Ravens coach about Lamar getting injured once, and he said that there's very little worry for Lamar getting injured because Lamar has never been injured in his career. So there's, yes, he plays a more dangerous game than many other quarterbacks is rushing. However, if you watch him run, he doesn't run straight into tackles. He's much more agile than many other quarterbacks are when they run and I think that's a massive difference compared to other quarterbacks like Mahomes was out for three games or two games last season with a ankle injury that so I think if you discount Lamar because of injuries you have to take that into account for every other quarterback yeah that makes sense I just think uh, Lamar just has a higher risk for it because he's always running and it's not like he's like gonna be reckless and like shot to go into a tackle I'm just worried that a team will like maybe try to take him out because he's like so annoying and they run the ball so much and they can't find a way to stop it. So they maybe they'll just get angry and they'll just be too aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, with him running so much, that gives the defense and the linebackers so many opportunities to hurt him, whether it's in- intentional or not. If if he doesn't get to slide down in time that one time, he's gonna get popped, and that could give him an injury. And also, Zach, just because you heard it from a Ravens coach, that's not exactly an impartial source. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, when you think about it, Lamar's game relies a lot more on athleticism than probably any other quarterback in the NFL. Yes, Mahomes is a great athlete, but he still has the best arm in the NFL, even when he's injured. Even if he can't run, he still has a great arm. Lamar's arm is good. It's not great. So if he gets injured, I don't know how, good, how effective he'll be. Connor, thank you for joining us for this segment. Yeah, thank you. Thank we'll you be for right having back. me, guys. We'll be right back to talk about best teams of all time with our next guest. See you then. Hi, everybody. We're back to the second segment, best teams of all time, with a special guest. That's right. As we promised you earlier, there'll be a special guest for each segment. And for this segment, we have Bradley Rodriguez, another person who I've been at school with since like kindergarten. Bradley, tell the podcast a little bit about yourself. Uh, first of all, thank you, Zach, for the great introduction. Um, I'm Bradley. Um, I'm a sophomore at Hunter College High School. Uh, 
played on a couple sports teams, a Giants fan, and that's about it. Great. So let's get into the second segment. Um, same order. Um, so my third best team of all time, I don't know about you guys, but this is maybe one of the first teams that I watched and I was kind of amazed by. Um, 2013 Seahawks, 13-3 regular season record, finished 16-3 and after the playoffs. They're division winners, NFC champs, and Super Bowl winners, of course. And their top players, Russell Wilson at QB, Marshawn Lynch at running back, Golden Tate at wide receiver, Richard Sherman at cornerback, Earl Thomas at free safety. They were just an amazing team. Uh, this, I think maybe this was one of the best um, recent teams since 2000 even. Um, they absolutely destroyed um, Peyton Manning and the Broncos 43-8 to in the Super Bowl. Um, they had an amazing offense, amazing defense, looked pretty unstoppable. Um, and you know, I, I don't know what to say other than that. They just were a really good team, won the Super Bowl, So they're, they're my third place. Um, second is the 1989 49ers, 14 and two regular season record, 70, 17 and two after the playoffs. They were also division winners, NFC champs and Super Bowl winners had Joe Montana at QB, Jerry Rice at wide receiver. Roger Craig at running back, Ronnie Lott at, at free safety, and all of all of those players except for Roger Craig were inducted into the Hall of Fame, which would tell you how packed this team was. Um, they're also a very memorable memorable team. Um, of course, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, amazing duo at QB and wide receiver, uh, had a great defense as well, and only two losses with the whole year, which would tell you they were pretty unstoppable as well. Um, so yeah, um, my first team, I think everybody should have this and maybe it's a little biased, but I don't think so. The 1972 Dolphins only team to ever be undefeated after the playoffs, uh, 14 and 0 regular season record, 17 and 0 after the playoffs division winners, AFC champs, Super Bowl winners, Bob Greasy at QB, Paul Warfield at wide receiver, Larry Zonka at running back, all of those guys are in the hall of fame. And they're the only team to be undefeated throughout the entire season, as I said. Um, I don't think you, how you can not put this team at number one, but they're, they were literally unstoppable, beat almost every team they played by multiple um, touchdowns. So this team was just amazing. And although it was a long time ago, still known as one of – will go down as one of the best teams all time. Uh, and my honorable mention – I talked about the Dolphins being the only team to finish undefeated after the playoffs. The team that came closest to that, the 2007 Patriots, until they lost in the Super Bowl to guess what? The Giants, 18-1. and But you can't put them up there if they don't have a Super Bowl. But those are my top three. Yeah. uh, I do think the Dolphins are the best team of all time. I just knew Miguel would have them at number one. So they're not in my top three. Hour, I do think they would be. Come on, Zach. I'm trying to make the podcast more entertaining. Okay, fine. So my third well, ranked I have team. The Dolphins at one. Okay, you see, think about how boring you, it would Bradley. be if we all had the same top pick like we did last segment. So my number three is 2016 New England Patriots. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, 28 to three. That's all you need. They were down 28 to three. 
with like two minutes left of the third quarter of a Super Bowl, and they won it. I remember watching that game, and I hate the Patriots, just like I hate the Cowboys. And I was so happy. I was like, yes, the Patriots are losing. I hate Belichick. And then they came back and won. It sucked, but it made I realized how incredible it was to watch that. They had a, a great secondary led by Patrick Chung. They, they also had Gronkowski. They had a good receiving corpse with Gronkowski at tight end and Edelman at wide receiver one. They also had – didn't Edelman have one of the most – the craziest catches of all time in that game? It was just a great game. First Super Bowl to ever go to overtime. And when it's Brady and Belichick, it's hard to beat them. I could have picked pretty much any Pats team to be, to be this team. But I chose this one because it was the most memorable, in my opinion. Number two. Much like how Miguel went with the 89 49ers, I went with the 88 49ers. Pretty similar. It's pr- pretty much the same roster, so I'm not going to go over it. However, this was the team that had the famous Joe Montana winning drive against the Bengals. When he pointed out actor John Candy before leading his team down the field to score a winning touchdown against the Bengals and win by four. This team didn't do that great during the regular season. They only went 10-6, and six, but they rebounded and came together as a team to win it all. And number one, I think this is one of the greatest teams of all time. People don't. The 1985 Chicago Bears. They went 15-1. and one. They had the fridge, William Perry. They had probably the greatest running back of all time in Walter Payton. It was just a dominant, old-fashioned football team that won the Super Bowl. They had won the... Their defensive line was insane. It's just a great team to give the Bears their only ever Super Bowl. All right, Bradley, who you got? Well, clearly you didn't go by record, but uh, that was one of the things that uh, I heavily leaned on with this with my top three. So uh, at number three, I also had the 1989 San Francisco 49ers. Um, as Miguel said, 14-2. and two. They had... Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks on the roster in Joe Montana and Steve Young. Uh, Roger Craig at running back, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, both had 1,000 yards. And then Ronnie Lott at free safety. In addition, they also had Charles Haley with 10.5 sacks, three forced fumbles, current Hall of Famer. It was a pretty balanced schedule that year, um, according to uh, the simple rating system. They uh, know, like, the team schedules were pretty balanced. No one had a really good, really easy schedule or really hard schedule, which is something that the Dolphins sort of leaned on. I'll get to that later. Um, And, yeah, they were just a dominant team in every way. Um, At number two, I had the 2007 New England Patriots, Miguel's honorable mention. Um, they didn't win. That's pretty much the only reason why they're not number one, but they were dominant in every other way. They, uh, they scored 589 points that season, which was the highest ever before being beaten by the Broncos in 2013. Uh, they scored 314 points on the road, which is a record that still stands. And they had a plus 315 point differential, which means they outscored their opponents on average in the regular season, by 16.5 points each game. Um, Eight players on that team made the Pro Bowl and five All-Pros. Brady, absolutely phenomenal stats, 68.9 completion percentage, almost 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Randy Moss, 
one of the greats, um, 14, almost 1,500 yards and 23 touchdowns. I also had Wes Welker and uh, Mike Vrabel, the current coach of the Titans, who had 12 and a half sacks that season, along with Asante Samuel. An interesting fact, um, Asante Samuel and uh, Junior Seau, Seau is a uh, current Hall of Famer linebacker, um, played for the Patriots that season. Them two combined for more picks than Tom Brady through that whole season. They uh, combined for eight or I think nine interceptions and Brady only threw eight. That's crazy. And uh, at number one, I had the 1972 Dolphins, like Miguel, only, unde- only undefeated team to go on to win the Super Bowl. Um, plus 214 point differential, seven Pro Bowlers, six Hall of Famers on the team including Bob Grease, uh, who didn't even start much of the season, but went on to become a Hall of Fame quarterback later in his career. Um, They were the first team ever to have two players that had 1,000 rushing yards in Larry Sonka and Mercury Morris. Um, They had the best rushing offense in the league by far, 70 more attempts than anyone else, 440 more yards than anyone else four more touchdowns than anyone else. They were second in yards per attempt. They led the league in almost every stat. Now, the the reason why I'm a little bit hesitant to put the Dolphins at number one is that they had such an easy schedule. Um, They only played two teams in the regular season that finished the season above 500. Now, they did play three 500 teams, but... They had the easiest schedule by far, um, but there was also a total of 70 Hall of Famers that played that season, which is uh, more than most of the than all of the other teams that are on my list, and so that sort of makes up for it since they were playing against tough competition. Uh, yeah. So Bradley, I see what you mean by saying. They had an easy schedule, but as you mentioned, that that was a pretty that was a season with a lot of good players. And second of all, it's not like they went fourteen and zero in the regular season and then lost in the playoffs. They won the. That Super is Bowl. true. That so is they still true. played good teams and they beat still those played teams really well. good teams. I agree. So yeah, I mean, if let's if they played a harder schedule, maybe they're not fourteen and zero. Maybe they're like. 12 and two, but still, I think they would have won the Super Bowl. Uh, I agree. I think they, uh, they were a great team and they're deserving of number one. Yeah. I, I, I think even, even with a tough schedule, I would still have put them in the top three, um, because that was such a dominant team. Um, but with the Patriots, I don't, I, why, why put them at two? They didn't, I think the most, one of the most important parts of like, a team that's best of all time is a Super Bowl. So why'd you put them at two? Well, obviously they went 16-0, and 0, which is uh, on, they're one of two teams to have done it. So that automatically puts them on the radar. But just the offensive dominance in Brady that season, he led the league in completion percentage, yards, yards per attempt, 50 touchdowns, which is just – I. It's just unthinkable. Um, I don't remember anyone in the present day who has done that. Uh, 
and Randy Moss, one of the best best receivers of all time, was part of that team. Um, I just think that that duo alone puts them at the at near the top, and just um, the way they were so offensively dominant. Um, another interesting fact, um, Randy Moss that season outscored Steven Goskowski in points. So that, that's the kicker. So in all the other, in all the other instances, no one outscored the kicker because they get all the points. Yeah. But the fact that Moss outscored Goskowski and that like by far Randy Moss was the best contributor to their offensive production and how much he carried that offensive team along with Brady. Uh, it's just the offensive dominance puts them above anyone else. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Like the, I, I do get that. Like they were basically the most dominant team ever up until the Super Bowl. Uh, right. The Giants, but um they they're definitely my number one if they win that Super Bowl, but I just like right. it really puts a dent in that whole portfolio if you don't win the Super Bowl. I do I agree. Um I do agree, but uh I, get it. I, get it. I don't think I don't think the Niners that the nineteen eighty nine Niners team would have necessarily beaten that team just because of how they weren't that good in terms of defense. They all, they, I mean, they had some great defensive performers in Ronnie Lott and Charles Haley, but they never had any, any standouts. And they didn't even – I'm pretty sure they had – they didn't even um, allow the least points in the league, which I, I don't know. I need to check on whether the Patriots did allow the least, but I just think – the the team the the 1989 team even though they were going up against like Barry Sanders rookie year Michael Irvin um, Reggie White the list goes on I don't think they're good enough to uh, outclass the 2007 Patriots team okay that's fair um, Zach I gotta say the 1988 49ers is uh, the worst pick out of all the all of our nine, but I'll respect it. So, could you just tell me why you decided to pick them? I mean, end of the day, it was pretty much the exact same team as the '89 49ers, very similar rosters, right? So, so. saying that one team would beat the other is kind of unfair. Yes, the '89 Niners had a better roster, however, that is definitely. Po- only made possible because of the momentum the 88 Niners gave them because they won, won a Super Bowl and had a crazy winning drive to win it. And I think that's why I put the 88 49ers because they're, first of all, Montana's winning drive against the Bengals is iconic to say the least. And I think without that drive, without that team, the 89 49ers look very, very different. I agree, but um, at the same time, uh, in 1989 comes Barry Sanders and uh, a couple of other great rookies that went on to have great careers. So the competition got harder as the season as the seasons uh, 
went on. So that's why I think the, the 1989 Niners um, would be higher on my list than the 1988 ones just because of how the the competition was yeah um zach i've got to disagree with that also because you can't say they're a top three team because they gave momentum to the future teams that doesn't make you a best team of all time what makes you the best team of all time even if the team the year before you got the momentum to be amazing the next year the team that's going to be remembered is the team that plays amazing the next year so i think the 89 niners deserve that top three over the 88 niners i mean that's fair and on that note we'll be right back after this break thank you so much for having me we'll be right back in nfl episode part two (laughs) 